Hello listeners, this is Julia Zaita, your Taste Bud Traveller host. Now we have a real treat for you. We know you're waiting for Ben and I to thrill your ears with season two, so we thought we'd give you a little something to listen to in the meantime. So please enjoy this episode of Trolley Watch, a fabulous podcast from our friends Amy Sinclair and Barb Northwood. These gals love food and love talking about it even more. Get ready for blind taste tests, top food tips, amazing kitchen hacks and crazy cooking disasters. They're the best. In each show, the ladies taste and rate supermarket buys, everything from snags and sliced bread to budget wines. It's a whole lot of fun and you're guaranteed to learn something new every single time. And I promise you'll be laughing while you do. So please enjoy this episode of Trolley Watch as our gift to you, Taste Bud Travellers, and we will see you very soon. Welcome to Trolley Watch. My name is Amy Sinclair and I'm joined by the wonderful Barbara Northwood. Can I sing Barbara Northwood? <laughs> Barbara. Our wonderful food editor. Have Thanks, you ever Amy. been introduced like never, that before? Never. Has anyone Thank ever you. sung your never. name? <laughs> I'm going to do it from now on. <laughs> Trolley Watch, of course, is your go-to podcast for singing, supermarket <laughs> tricks and tips, what you need to buy when you're doing your weekly shop and how to make the most of your food every single week. This week we've got um, some pretty exciting things. Barb is going to tell us how to make the perfect fried rice. Hello. Yeah. It's not going to be gluggy or stodgy, is it, Barb? No, never, never. We're going to tell you the best new gadgets on the market, which we're very excited about. Barb's going to give us a masterclass on cake making. Bakers, you're going to need to listen to this. And our last segment, not this again, Mum. Horrible dishes that we had to eat growing up. We all had those dinners. I bet you've got a few, Barb. I certainly did. (laughs) Shockers. We're going to get cracking, though, with Best in Isle, which is how we start every episode every week where we uh, compare several of the same products in supermarkets and tell you which Barb thinks is the best across the board. Because it's the best in aisle. This week, it's a big one, Barb, because who doesn't have this in their pantry every single day of the week? Bread. Totally, totally. Yep. We're talking sliced bread and specifically... It's white bread. Sliced white bread. So how many varieties are in in, on on shelves? Yeah. You don't realise until you go... Exactly. There are so many... Different price points. There is so much choice. We have tested five different brands. Was it five, Barb, or six? No, six. I'm lying. We've got six, Amy. We've got six yeah. from Audi, Coles, Woolies, and also IGA. And we went through them. We tasted each one mm-hmm. and uh, we um, gave us our pick. Now we're going to get cracking. We're going to start off with the Audi brand, the Baker's Life White Sandwich Bread. You get 22 slices, which is 650 grams for $1.29. That's a cheap loaf of bread, isn't it, Barb? It's so cheap. What did you think, Barb? I thought they were very thin slices, mm. to be honest. I thought it was a little bit doughy, um, but it had a very soft crumb. And that soft crumb can end up quite doughy. To me, yeah, and it, it it was just a white bread. Yeah, I I'd be relying on a great filling in that sandwich. Yeah, and you know, I I, I have bought Audi white bread over the years, and I think it's really it's quite good on the day that you buy it, but yes. it really deteriorates quite quickly. Is yes. it? like I find when Probably you not. get. Some good bread, mm. you can get like a yeah. You, know, you don't they really don't notice. have the preservatives in it, so it's probably yeah, yeah, pretty much a basic bread. 
Next up, we tried um, the Coles brand white sandwich bread where you get 22 slices again for $1.30. So only one cent more than um, Audi, which is pretty much the same. Yes. Yeah, let's be honest. But it actually it tasted very much the same. Didn't it? Yeah. If anything, I thought the coals was a little bit more salty. Yeah, it was actually. When you yeah. tasted them, it's a bit like a few of the foods that we've tried, guys, that you wouldn't think there's much of a, a, a difference. But when you taste them one after another, it's That's not just the experience up. of whether it's doughy or fluffy or dry or whatever. It's also the taste can be very yeah, different. This very much really so. was much saltier, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And they're quite a small square yeah. like for a sandwich. You probably need three of those if you were making sandwiches for the kids maybe. But again, $1.30. Very cheap. Hard to Very go cheap. wrong. Mm. Next up we did the Woolworths Soft White Sandwich Bread, 20 slices, so two slices less, so a mm. bit thicker maybe. 650 grams again for $1.60, so a little more expensive, 30 cents yeah. more expensive. But what did you think of this one, Barb? Look, I didn't mind this one at all. It was definitely better than Coles and Audi, yes. wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, plus it had three grams of fibre fiber per serve. Now, guys, this is something that I learnt while I was bread taste testing with Barb yesterday is that she's all over the fibre content. And as she pointed out, if you've got kids and you're looking to put a bit more fibre into their diet, it's an, it's a, it's a, an easy way, isn't it, Barb? Oh, totally, yeah. And there were really there – were, there, were, there were huge differences, weren't there, yes. between the yes. loaves of bread. And we yeah, might get to that later. So. But, it, 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 you know, the, the Woolies loaf had a, a high content of fibre, didn't exactly. it? Exactly. And, you know, for $1.60. Yeah. Yeah, very good value. Next up, we had the Abbott's Village Bakery, rustic white loaf. So it's kind of a fancier loaf. Yeah. Only 16 slices, but it's definitely on the thicker side. And uh, 700 grams for $3.80. We bought mm. this one from Woolies. Yeah. What did you think of this one, Barb? Um, I like the size of it. It was a little bit on the thicker side, but really not a lot of flavour. And a it was white rustic bread, it was just pretty ordinary. It was a bit dry. Plus, I've written down meh. As yeah, my 13-year-old would say, mm, meh. Yeah, it just didn't have a lot going yeah. for it. And only two grams of fibre per serve compared to the – Woolies had 3.4, am I right? Um, three. Three. Yep. So a big difference yeah, so, there. Yeah. Not, mm, yeah not Next up we had the Helga's traditional white bread, 16 slices, again on the thick size, 750 grams for $3.90. From Woolies again. What did you think of this one, Bob? I liked it. Yeah, I liked it was, it was quite fluffy. Um, good size for a sandwich, 3.4 grams of fibre fibre per serve. That's a lot Make of Make a really nice sandwich. Yeah, it had a yeah. bit of flavour to it for a white bread. It was yeah. quite good. Yep. I liked it. Uh, last but not least, we had the IGA Baker's Oven White Sandwich Bread, 20 slices, 650 grams for $2.00. What did you think of this one, Bart? It was fluffy, good flavour, a nice yummy, size it? for a sandwich. Yeah. It was a good break yeah. and 1.4 grams of fibre. So not as much as your others. No, exactly. But more than the, the cheaper brands, Bart, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob, this is a big, a big field that you had to play with. It was a hard choice. On price point, is it really worth spending an extra, you know, more than double the price? Exactly, yeah. And that was a big thing for you, wasn't it, mm, like very when much you were so. deciphering? Yeah. Bob, hit me with it. What wins the golden trolley? Woolworths soft white sandwich bread. Six fifty grams, dollar sixty, three grams of fibre. Because as you said, it's an, a good way to get it into, into yes, people's diets, yeah, especially totally. kids, mm. without them really knowing. And as we said, it was cheap, but certainly flavoursome. Yeah. Woolies, you got the big golden Home trolley. trolley. <laughs> All right, Barb, time for segment two. Our our new segment, Cooking 101 with Barb. Barb, this week 
who hasn't made this in their life and who has had failures? I'm putting up my hand, guys. How to make the best fried rice. Yeah. You don't have to go to the Chinese takeaway, do you, Bar? No, no. It's easy to do at home and I find the thing with – it's a good way to use up bits and bobs. Yeah, the leftovers. In Lots your of veggies. Fridge. And mm. it's an easy kind of, oh, what am I going to cook for dinner? Yeah, perfect. Often you've got everything you need. Exactly. Or a good Sunday night supper. Oh, mm. Bar, knocking it out of the park. But – it can be hard to get right. It can be stodgy. It can be yes. clumpy. It yes. can be a bit yeah. tasteless. tasteless. Tasteless, yeah. Glad that you found the right word to use there, Barb. <laughs> Barb, tell us your top tips. How do we make the best fried rice? You can use long grain rice or brown rice actually fries up really well. Yep. Um, and even a medium grain, never never the short grain rice. Oh, that's, that's the one that never goes short like yep. sticks yep. together. But the trick again is to cook it the day before. So you really need to steam or um, boil it the day before. You drain it well, spread it out in a large tray, cover with absorbent kitchen paper and leave it in the fridge because what you want to do is dry out. So if you all cover that, it, yeah. all the moisture and the condensation just it just keeps recycles and drips back on it. You want it to be dry grains and that's what keeps it separate when you actually fry, you fry it. Up. Yeah. What's an, I mean, is there something you can do if you just don't have the time, Barb? If you haven't done it the day before, is there anything that you can do? The microwave rice you isn't too what, bad. Do you know what I've read is a good hack? Yep. To actually get your hair dryer. Oh. So you spread it out in a tray, get the hair dry, and you dry it out. Because That's a great idea. You're just absorbing that moisture. That's what you're trying to get rid of. I've heard people doing that with um, pork skin. Well, there you go. And it works with rice. It actually does. Love and you that can't part. really leave rice out, you know, for several hours because it can it's ferment. Yeah, no, yeah. it can ferment oh. and then kill you. So you've got to be very careful with rice. <laughs> Mom, calm down. We're not killing people with rice. It's true, though, isn't it? Because handling... yeah. yeah, bacteria so. gets into yeah. it. That's when you can get very, very sick. It's like people might not refrigerate it thinking that it's not sort of... Um, I don't need to sort of think, yeah. No. no, people, put it in the fridge. What next, totally. Barb? Then you prepare all your ingredients and make sure they're the same size. Again, Ooh, really important if you're going to add those. Spring onions, garlic, um, a bit of bacon's lovely, a bit of egg. Do you yep. like making an omelette, making an egg omelette, and you roll it up and you cut it into the thin slices yum, and yum, then you yum, fork yum, that yum. through, which is really lovely. Yep. Make sure the wok or frying pan, you don't need a wok, yep. is really hot before you start. Right. So it's well-heated, tablespoon of vegetable oil or peanut oil, and then you make your omelette first, take it out of the pan, so you've got your egg ready, that's the first one, and then you wipe that clean, and then you can add another tablespoon of oil and add some garlic, ginger, spring onion. Yum. Stir-fry those with the bacon. If you're going to add peas, and you, normally they're frozen peas, so I'd add yep. them at that stage yes. because they're quite hard so another two to three minutes stir frying that then you return the rice once the rice goes in you can add the egg and a little oyster sauce a little bit of soy sauce a few drops of sesame oil and then stir fry but you don't need a lot of you don't need a lot of liquid do you a little bit goes a long way yes and lots of stir frying but having that pan lovely and hot because the rice Gets a nice coating on it. And I'm feeling really hungry. Yeah, like that smells. You, when you talk good. it through, Barb, I literally just think, oh, I could do. I've do gorged myself right on. I've gorged myself on 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 chocolate, but really, I could do with a bit of fried rice. Fried rice. Yeah, I'm gonna have a treat. Bit of chili. Oh. Yeah, Barb, I love it. Give me your top three tips right there. Refrigerate it overnight. Most yep. important. Make sure that rice is really dry. Make sure your wok is really hot and have the vegetables all the same size. Amazing. 
Thanks, Barb. We're off to cook some fried rice. Thanks, Amy. Segment three, gadget watch. We all love a good kitchen gadget, am I right? Totally. I reckon you'd have like just buckets, like cupboards full of gadgets. Amy, I do drawers and cupboards full. Drawers and cupboards, I bet you do. You just love it, don't you, Barb? Yeah, I'm a bit of a gadget girl. But there are always new things coming out in the market. It's hard to know what's good. It's hard to know what's crap, let's be honest. But we're going to cut through the the mess and you're going to give us your top three gadgets that are rocking our world at the moment. What's number one, Barb? The number one, I guess, would be a handheld mandolin. If you, you love this, don't you, Barb? It's an OXO brand one, isn't it's it? A, it's a little hand one. Yeah. yeah. And it has a little hand guard and you just can grate garlic, um, uh, capsicum, onions, mushrooms. And what I love about it, it's so thin, it's great for a pizza topping. Yeah. I was going to say. mushroom yeah. can cover a pizza. Don't you find that? It's and so, it cooks beautifully yeah. so you don't have soggy you don't have soggy base. Yeah, yeah, things like that. I find it really good for salads, um, celery, uh, as I said, capsicum. I do really like it. It has three little um, grades of uh, being able to have the thicknesses. And when you have the actual mandolin machine, which I have at home, they can be a bit scary, can't they, yeah. Barb? Like, you know, you're a bit scared, like, you know, I know. washing it, washing it yes, but also like yes. that you're going to slice You have to be very careful, respectful of it, I guess. My mum had to have her mandolin taken off her because she just had one too many accidents. Yeah. She's a shocker. Yeah. Lover, you but do she's need, a shocker you, Yeah, with her. you do need that hand guard though. And the little hand one is just easier to rinse well, and dry. Well, you can rinse it off and it put it in. Yeah. It's always so there. I do use that a lot. Yeah. What's your number two, Barb? The other one was this little Kmart chopper. This, everyone's talking about this on social media at the moment, aren't they, Barb? This is a $7 chopper. Yes. You pile in your stuff yes. and you give it a – talk us through it. And it's called a pull chopper. So it comes in small. There's a small one with three blades and then there's a larger one with five blades. Oh. So two sizes, perfect for herbs. Yeah. It did it so beautifully and evenly compared to a food processor which tends to bruise it and all the moisture comes out and it gets yeah. quite dark in colour. Honestly, chopped it beautifully. And if um, you've got like a – if you're doing a soup or if oh, you're doing um, – where you've got a – you know, yes. that's what I think with soups. Like I've got to do so many vegetables. But if you just pile it all there and, and you, you pull it, it a couple of times. It's like a lettuce spinner. It so really it's is. it's like that. It's the same little cord, the same action. It was great to rinse and clean, dry, took up no room in the cupboard at all. The only thing it didn't chop for us and maybe we didn't put in small enough pieces was carrot. Yeah. They're quite hard. But look, perfect for breadcrumbs. Again, yeah. you just want some breadcrumbs. You're making some meat patties or, again, like I said, I could actually imagine making tabbouleh in this because the, that chopper, it did the p- it, it, parsley so perfectly. Every piece came out the same size. Sometimes you don't want to pull out your food process. No, I exactly. Find. I you agree with you. You pull out your food processor, you got to – If it's too hard, you won't use you it. You won't use it. Yeah. Whereas with this, it's yeah. literally, you know, have to – Attached to any, yeah, it's not, not electrical. Seven dollars. That's I was going to say, Barb. Tell us the price, $7. son. That's the best part, isn't yeah. it? Seven bucks. Fantastic, bar. fantastic. You can't yep. even get lunch for that, can no, you? We no. can, but you know, it's a cheap, cheap, cheap yeah. gadget. It's a good one. The last one, Barb. This is my favourite Barb gadget that I've heard of. It's, what else? It was well. It's a potato masher, an electric potato masher. I've never and heard in, an electric potato masher. Yeah, before. but they're obviously they're. When well, I say they've probably been around for a few years now, but there's a really nice one called a masher from the bar mix shop. Oh, and again, that comes with different blades, so you can have your uh, creamy mash 
or a thermomash. mash. There's no lumps in it. It's just different grades of so how does it work, it. Barb? How do you use it? Do you pile in you put your... the potatoes in? So it's like um, a stick mixer, right? So you just put it into the pot. Or the saucepan, or if you cook the sweet potato, right. ordinary potato. So I'm, I was imagining it was like a mincer it a and it went through, no, but no, no, it's actually it's all handheld. In. And you take the bottom off, rinse that under the tap, let that dry, and just put it back in the cupboard again. That'd make but mash it's really so good. easy, wouldn't Honestly, it? Honestly, it does. When you when you're standing there pushing them through a morley, and you, you know, twenty minutes later you've done the potato. This is done in about five minutes. And that's what it's all about, isn't it, it, Barb? It is cutting your time in half. And you will use it. And 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 it works. Yeah, I love that one. Oh, I'm so going to get my mum an electric. I've seen, you know. She'd love it, Amy. She's so good. There you go, guys. The three things you need to buy as per Barb your hand mandolin, your Kmart $7 chopper, and an electric masher. Sign me up. This is a cracker and this is a big one for all the bakers out there because if there's one thing you want to know, it's you just you want to keep having knowledge to make yourself a great baker. Barb's Cake Masterpiece. Top tips on cake baking. Yep. Barb, I'm not a good baker. I'm not a good cake maker, so I'm going to be absolutely jotting down everything you say here. But even if you are good, it's always good to learn new stuff. Oh, totally. How totally. many cakes have you cooked in your time, Barb? Mm, Three million, I think something like that. Yeah. But you see, cakes are a science and you can't sort of muck around with them too much. Yes. You need the right ratio of ingredients. And I think some people that have spoken to me about different you know, problems uh, that they've had. Well, they've, they've made some of our recipes. A lady said she'd made the scones, the pumpkin scones, and they were a bit um, overcooked. She thought they were dry. And when I quizzed her, she'd made 18 of them. She didn't want to make the 12, so she made them smaller but cooked them for exactly the same amount of time. And it just doesn't, and it just doesn't work, work like that, that way. That. Yeah. And, and you're right, it you is know, a whole science. And it, desserts full stop. It's very yes. difficult to be free and easy. You're yes. doing a stir fry. You're working what you want to do. Exactly. That's you're the beauty a pasta. of it. You, you can be free and easy. But when it comes to desserts, there are sciences. And yes. they're the, the recipes that you guys test mm. over and over and over, isn't it, Barb? And, because... and really you need to buy, if the recipe calls for butter, you can't buy margarine unless yeah. it's a, you know, a cooking margarine, not the spreadables, because it contains water. So it all you... breaks down. The cake doesn't work. And you'll always say in the recipe, won't you? Yes. Or, yes. And, always or, give or slash always if there's an alternative. But Absolutely. if it's specifically you yeah. need to have this, that's Please what you're suggesting. Yes. <laughs> so but number one. Very nice. So number one, hit, hit me with it. Metric cups and spoons. Yes. And measure them completely level at the top. Don't pack it in. You put it in, put the ingredients in, and then run a knife across the top to level it. Right. That's your metric. Not the old teacup with a broken handle. Have eggs, butter, and milk at room temperature. Yeah, that's because a big if one. you if the milk is cold, if you've creamed your butter and sugar, it curdles. I didn't know that. So it looks quite. It will sort of come together with the flour, but it's better to have them at room temperature. Yes. Really, you beat your butter and sugar, and again, if it calls for brown sugar or um, caster sugar, please use the right sugar. Yes. Again, you're breaking up that crystal that will give the cake aerated and make it lighter. So I that find, dissolves quite quickly. Yeah, and when you're beating, it's very important to make sure you've yes, beaten it, it enough. Yes, it is creamy. It, it goes pale. So look for the colours. When we say pale and fluffy, make sure it is that. You can't rush it. Give me a pale uh, comparison. When you say pale, are you talking beige? Are you talking a custard colour? Um, pale, pale lemon. Pale, pale lemon. Pale lemon almost to bordering on 
Yeah, yeah creamy, creamy. Yeah, like a yeah. creamy colour. Yeah, because yeah. butter's quite yellow, but it goes a completely different colour once it's beaten up. What next, Barb? The cake batter should fill the pan between a half to two-thirds full. So that's where using the right cake tin is very important, isn't it, Barb? And people tend to swap them over if they can. But if it's too high, of course, the cake's not cooked in the middle, it all falls over the side, or you need the right pan. If it's more than two-thirds full, change the pan. Yep. Yep. Next up. Always cook cakes about less than five minutes than the recipe said. I couldn't agree more with that. Yes. Start looking at 35 because everybody's oven's different. And there's nothing worse than when it's a little bit dry. I always do that too, Exactly. If it's undercooked, you can leave it. Once it's overcooked, you know. I find with cupcakes especially. Yes. Because they can just go so quickly. Yeah, 15 to 18 minutes. They're they're cooked by the minute almost, aren't they? They're changing. Always test with a skewer inserted into the centre. It should come out clean and dry to make sure there's no moisture or, or cake mixture left on it, even down to the very end of it. So insert it right through to the bottom of the pan. Don't just stick it in a two inches. Bit. Yeah, yep. always through. Um, and the cake will shrink slightly away from the side of the pan once it's cooked, which is another good indication. That you've done the right yes. thing. Yes, as it cooks, it will pop back in again. When you take them out, leave them in the pan for at least five to ten minutes to cool. And that just stabilises so that when you turn it out, you haven't left half the cake back in the tin. Yeah. There's nothing worse. Nothing worse is nothing. there, Bob. The only one, the only one really that should be turned out almost immediately is a sponge. Because Why is they're that? so light and aerated. They uh, continue to cook in the tin and that can dry it out. I didn't know just that. Because part. Of the, yeah, so you turn away. that out straight away. Yeah. Always sponges sponge. out straight away. Yes. The others keep it in five there to ten, for minutes. Five, ten yes. minutes. Yeah. And, and, you know, if your cake does sink in the middle, you probably open the oven door too many times. What, what does it mean when my cake's sunk in the middle, Barb? What, what, what's happened there? What's gone wrong? Well, you probably haven't cooked it long enough. Yep. Because sometimes you can get them out and as it starts to cool, it's sinking, which is you haven't tested it. So if you haven't got a skewer, get a really fine, pointy, sharp knife. Yep. Like a thin bladed knife. That's what I do because that's a really good. You can actually see it. Yep. On the, on, the, on, it. on the yeah. knife, yeah. yeah. So it's really people just not beating up um, yeah, the ingredients correctly, really, or, as I said, not cooking them long enough or trying to get out of the oven too soon, opening the door, keep checking on it. You keep All the heat keeps going out as you're doing these things. And is there anything you can do if it has gone past the point? Is there any way you can bring it back if it's too dry, if you've left it in there too long? No. No. I'd make a syrup then. Cut the, top a good off. Idea. Cut the top off so that you don't see the sinky bit. You get a skewer, poke holes through it. You make a sugar syrup, so some sugar, water, and I'd put some lemon in it, lemon juice, Beautiful. nice lemon syrup. Pour that over the cake while it's warm. Rescued. Let it seep into it. I'd turn that out, cover it in cream. Beautiful dessert. No, Rescued no. there. It's like dis- disaster into dessert. Am I right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> Bob. We love the masterclass. Thanks, Amy. Can't wait to go and bake. Tell us your top three tips. Having ingredients at room temperature, um, making sure it's cooked when it's supposed to be coming out of the oven, so make sure you test it uh, seriously and then let that sit in that tin for five to ten minutes so that you don't end up with half the cake left in the tin when you turn them out. I love it. Thank you, Barb. No worries, Amy. Last segment, Barb. I hope my mum's not listening to this one. Di and Dave, they're big <laughs> listeners. They love Trolley Watch. But this week we are calling this segment, not again, Mum, the dishes we grew up with that we just can't bear to think of because they're 
They've just caused traumatic memories for Mm. us all. I'm pretty lucky. I grew up with – my mother's a very good cook. She did cook some dishes that I wasn't a huge fan of, which we'll get to in a minute. My grandmother, though, not the good one who wrote the cookbooks. (laughs) The other one, though, as my mum said, oh, she's just a shocker. It's true. (laughs) Barb, talk me through it first. What were some of the horror dishes you had growing up? Just as a dish, peas. What? Peas. They were like bullets. They were like grey bullets. I think she cooked them and they would have been fresh in those days, not frozen, that you couldn't get a fork through them. They were just shocking. 25 minutes in the water. How long was it until you could eat peas without having a shudder? When I left home, I couldn't eat them. Terrible, terrible, terrible. And the other thing she cooked was a tapioca pudding. Oh, Barb. Do you remember tapioca? It's like Sago. Yeah, yeah. And that was her go-to pudding. And you put (laughs) milk on it. It was like tasteless, rubbery little balls in your mouth. It was just... Like sludge. Like sludge. Like porridge. I mean, that's what I'm oh, imagining. No, it's like depression food. You oh. think, why she loved it? it was just No one awful. wants to hear their dish called depression food. <laughs> yeah, so that was a pretty bad one. My, uh, as I said, my mum was a very good cook. We always had beautiful food on the, on the table growing up. But my dad loves, he loves two things that we just couldn't stomach. And in my house, if you didn't eat it, you weren't yep. dead, bed hungry. There's not a, like in my house where it's, you know, short order chef time and mm-hmm. mums at the diner whipping up different variations. But steak and kidney pie. Yes. Oh, I yep. cannot stand yep. it. But that we awesome. used to have it at least once a week because my dad loved it. And the other one was tripe. Oh, yes, yes. Yuck. It was so bad, but we used to have it all the time. And in white were, sauce? It was kind of white like always sauce. in a white sauce. And- they used to do some variations later on in my teenage years with like an Italian tomato sauce. But no yes. one wants to eat the lining of a sheet stomach, am I, I right? Totally. No one. It was not my thing. But as I said, my grandmother was not – my the, my grand, my mum's mum was uh, – bless her. Bless her cotton socks. Mm-hmm. Was actually a lot like your mum, yes. Barb. She didn't like making a mess. Yeah, she didn't like, um, you know, she would. She's the type that would cook her roast in the electric fry pan yes, to save yes. down on on on, yes. on mess. And she used to cook her peas. Similar pea story, mm, honestly. Maybe. They're like, yeah, two, I don't know where they got but that she from. She used to put her peas on at lunchtime. But I think my mum did bi- too. Bicarb soda <laughs> to keep it. Would have been green. Yeah, to That's keep her green. green. <laughs> They were like literally been cooking for 25 million hours, but they were still green and like just gross. Like the taste of the bicarb was so gross. Well, Barb, um, you know, there's some horror stories. I think how good how my kids have it, you know. I know. But they we just to. had the was put in front of us, so we didn't really have. It was much a very choice. different. It was a different time, different, different time. Yeah. Although there were many nights I went to bed hungry. Yes. After steak and kidney pie night and tripe night. Oh, yeah. Imagine if I gave my daughter tripe. She'd literally pack it. She'd probably call the police and report me. But it doesn't have a lot of flavour. Like, yeah. it's actually pretty tasteless. Yeah. She probably wouldn't know what she was eating. Well, you can because it's like... It's kind of just chewy. It's chewy and gross. <laughs> I don't know what my mum was thinking. It was it was child mm. abuse. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining me today, Barb. This is another episode of Trolley Watch Done and Dusted. You're going to grab your trolley and head on out of here, aren't you? Totally. Hit the shops. 
Don't forget to rate and subscribe to us where you find all good podcasts and join us at newideafood.com.au or on Facebook, New Idea or Food or Foodiful every week. Thanks, Barb. Thanks, Amy. We'll see you next week, guys. We hope you enjoyed that episode of Trolley Watch. For more Barb and Amy, search for Trolley Watch in your podcast app and don't forget to hit subscribe. We love them gals.